You are listening to a no-show radio production. Mind your ears while we unpack the unusual. After the quiet of a thousand nights falls upon your ears, an idea will betray you. Your secrets are not yours alone. An abyss opens beneath your cradle, and the torch will sputter into darkness. You will hold the myth of life in your hands, and you will drive the chariot of winter. Last time on Soul Story. Our story came full circle when Jerry decided to return for Felix's corpse. Al is not one to be left behind and insisted on joining him after regrouping in the morning. They returned to the three sisters, where Rowan comforted them with open arms. After a night of grieving for those lost, the duo planned their revenge. They won't be going in alone, however. Rowan has joined the fight. With script in their pocket, Al and Jared prepare for a shopping montage. What sort of guns will they purchase? Will it be enough to exterminate the pack rat? Listen, and you may just find out. Content warning. If you've made it this far into the house story arc, the worst has happened. However, be wary as the fated return of more death and violence that may be disturbing to some listeners. Welcome to Soul Story, a Through the Breach actual play... Play? Fuck. <laughs> the Through the Breach actual play podcast set in the world of Malifaux. Today, I'm joined by... Spencer, playing Jared. Bam Bam, playing Albert Long. And I'm Alex, and I'll be your fate master today. So, where we left off, we had our, had our boys at the Three Sisters recovering from a no good, very bad, awful, terrible night. And they managed to get the courage to ask Rowan to assist them in a revenge plot. You guys have decided you need to go on a shopping trip. So it's time for a shopping montage. It is time. So gear the fuck up. Jared is going to lead the way. I imagine he is familiar with this place. I imagine... Of all of Jared's pastimes that don't involve alcohol, <laughs> window shopping at guns is probably one of them. I'm imagining that was what he did, like, during his little off breaks when he would patrol that area. Can't wait to get to guns. <laughs> can't, can't wait. Man, I wish I had money to buy guns. <laughs> he, despite this early hour, is open. And he is as he always is. He is at his counter in the back of the store, cleaning a weapon. Today seems to be a pistol. It actually seems to be more of an antique pistol. As much of an antique can be at this point. It's just, it's, it's older, it's out of date. The store, the thing about guns, if I remember correctly, is that there's only a handful of weaponry, weaponry around, really. Uh, it's, he has fair prices. He's not too chatty. But he'll help out people who come up and talk to him. Jared is going to walk in the front door. And as Al follows in behind him, he's going to turn to look to him. I'm going to go talk to him. 
You look around and see what you want to buy. I'll give him, you know, nod. <laughs> With that, Jared is going to walk up to the counter, um, straighten up his back a bit. His, uh, his bandages aren't doing any better, I imagine. At this point, the blood that was uh, seeping through has now turned brown. She, she did give you clean bandages, so it's not did as she? bad as it could be. Yes. Okay, yeah. That's okay, kind of what was so happening it's... while you guys were talking, is that she was re-bandaging you guys. Okay, I, I thought she stuff. poked at it and cleaned it. I didn't think she gave me new bandages. Okay. It's, I, I, just, I agree, it's still probably icky. It probably should have been changed this morning, but here we are. Here we are. Okay, so Jared is going to plant his hand against the counter and in a low tone of voice, my friend and I are here to make a very large purchase. <laughs> he looks up from the gun and arches a brow. How large are we talking? He's going to look back to Al, who, what is Al doing right now? Cause I'm trying to think. Cause I know Al. So Al definitely. He's, Al's coming for some ammo, and I imagine some, like something for like his legs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like depending on like, kind of like what's like, would there be stuff like late like not like laid out but like on racks to kind of like. His direct storefront doesn't have armor. Oh okay. As far as you guys know, all he has are guns. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. And guns. That makes sense. Okay, no, then he probably would have gone, like, up with you, because he, just, he pretty much just needs ammo. Okay, so at that point, he's going to look back to Al, who is standing rather near, uh, and then back to the man. My friend and I are about to take some justice into our own hands. We're hoping... <laughs> and, uh... He, he kind of cocks a smile because he is, despite the circumstances, he is very, very pleased with this plan. We're looking to wage a small war. <laughs> so you said you've come and you've window shopped before. Mm-hmm. Have you shot the shit with Mueller before? Are you guys like on a friendly terms or is it just purely window shopping? I think in the past they have probably talked. I imagine he might not know Jared's name. I imagine whenever Jared came in, he was wearing a guild uniform. Small wars can be expensive. He's going to nod. Aye. We have you covered. And he matches your smile. He sets the gun aside. Actually, I think he probably puts it like under the counter. Mm-hmm. And he gives you guys a low... Whistle almost like your dogs, right? Like, I don't want to whistle and blow up my mic. You're good, but and snaps his fingers and indicates, All right, we're talking about a small war. What I have out here is not going to do enough. Come on. And he goes through a door to the back. As he opens this door, it's about the same size as the storefront itself, mm-hmm. but this is the good shit. Mm-hmm. It is a good shit. It is armor it is weapons i will say out of character everything that's in the book is in this store between the front and the back everything you that is in the book there it's there however before we get too excited about that on the back wall there's two guns centered spaced very artistic 
they'd be glowing, a faint gold glow. Textures are different. And he walks over to him. And the first one he pulls off is a shotgun. Uh. <laughs> and he checks the sights and, you know, general gun stuff. <laughs> Fucking military daughter. I'm like, gun stuff. Fuck it. <laughs> um, and holding that, not like out, out, but just displaying it. Mm-hmm. Call this one striker. And you can tell that it's been sawed off. The, the, the exact dimensions of it. It's that it's a Chesterfield model. 1887-01. It's shortened, so its range is, is shortened. However, the the biggest thing is that I'm out of character, like out of rule system. It's going to give you a plus flip on damage. If if no one like immediately takes it, he'll put it back on the wall. Oh oh, hold on. As he moves to to put it back on the wall, Jared will uh, pipe up, raising his hand. Uh, actually, could I could I see that real quick? And he smirks and hands it over. Um, as he takes it, um, Jared nods to the man. I promise I ain't stealing it. And as he says that, he opens up his duster and sees how it's sawed off. This is his gun. This is the gun <laughs> you left behind. But with the sawed off modification, he checks to see if it would fit within his duster and then smiles real wide. <laughs> It's probably really weird. At <laughs> uh, that, he uh, he offers the gun back to the man, uh, looking back over the room. Uh, oh gosh! Um, he would look over to one of the armor racks. Is that something that can be adjusted? The rack or the gun? The armor on the rack. <laughs> Oh, well, depends on what you need adjusted. Yeah, all right. And he's going to look back to Al. What are you thinking? He's going to take a moment to, like, because he's not done showing off his pride and joy. Oh, absolutely. He takes off another gun, and this is a carbine. Carbine? Carbine. Carbine. And he extends it much the same way, making sure, like, hey, look at my gun. Mm Mm-hmm. And this one I call Liberty. Although, there have been some modifications to it. Mm-hmm. It seems like it has an extended uh, ammo capacity. And the way it's blown out at the end looks like it's been used a lot, but also looks a little nasty. It does extra damage. Uh, traditionally, the damage, I believe, is 3, 4, or 5. This one does 2, 5, 6. It also holds 8 instead of 6 bullets. It falls under Al's long-arm skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also use grace instead of intelligence. Hmm. <laughs> well, hold on. Cause I, let me... Because I know we... <laughs> I treat my boys right. Put that fucking rifle in the trash, Al. We got business. You don't have to take it, obviously. I just wanted to give you guys some extra... Your, your fancy, fancy weapons for handling a season. So also with kind of like a little little cheesy smile, like look over to Jared, like with like the one raised eyebrow. And then as he does like the continuous nod, turn back to the man and, and then say, yeah, that'll do. So the price of those, um, let me just look it up again. Carbine, it's 19. 
um, but it has the modification to it that I made up. So I'm gonna give it a, a, a 30 cost. And then the shotgun is 19 by and base. And then it has the shortened, so that's 20. We'll say 25 because I gave you the bonus for for their flips. So 25 for Jared, 30 for Al, and then whatever else you guys want. Um, I have my book out too to help. I didn't want to say like, hey, look through the book so that way you know what you want because I felt like that was going to spoil this fun <laughs> surprise. But there's like some fancy ammo you guys can get. There's armor. What are you guys thinking? I want to look at fancy ammo because I was going to buy normal ass ammo. So I don't think he brings us all up to the counter. I imagine him and Mueller are going around together and just like, like, okay, this, this, write it down. Like, I want this. I'll bring this up. I won't go through the money totals on everything because yeah. it's it's a lot. Um, <laughs> so Jared is definitely buying Striker. Like he's he's uh, I, I think he's not gonna like carry it around with him because I imagine like until I pay for it, it's still your baby. <laughs> but he is buying Striker. He is buying a Collier single action army revolver. As far as armor goes, he is buying van braces, he is buying greaves, and he is buying a breastplate. God. As far as as far as survival gear goes, he's bought new trail gloves after his first gloves got ruined in the sewers and he stopped wearing them. He has bought a Bowie knife. Because why why not? He saw it, it was cool. Um, he is buying a knapsack to keep all of this shit in that he can wear around, um, which I think he's carrying the knapsack. I think he threw his med kit in there, um, already just to like have a purse and he's buying binoculars because who knows? <laughs> and as far as ammo goes, as far as ammo goes, cause this is new to me, this is, he is buying three cartridges of revolver ammo, coming up to 60 revolver shots. Fuck. And um, having abandoned his shotgun shells, which were just kind of clattering in his pocket before, he is buying three cartridges of uh, shotgun torch shells. So he is buying 30 incendiary shells for his shotgun. He is uh, this fucking guy. So, after after robbing Ken, he had hundred and forty-one dollars. Now, if the math is wrong, everyone's gonna make fun of me. This purchase with all of the extra stuff comes out to hundred and twenty-eight. So, Jared, my good old boy, has thirteen dollars left. As he counts out the bills. You're not playing any fucking Revenge games. on your sister's death? Priceless. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I imagine bill by bill, he I think he gives away every crisp, clean dollar that he got from Ken. And then he's starting to count out the crumpled bills that he's accumulated. I think he even gives away the dollar that Al gave him to sleep in his room that one time. Oh. <laughs> And I think as he counts it out, 
and looks at the counter and makes sure that it's all there. I think he looks back down to his wallet. And I think he notices the things he never managed to pawn off. In the wallet, beside his bills, he has the picture of the bunch of them folded up into eight little squares. He has the watch that nobody seemed to want to buy. And he has the wedding band that he stole from Ken. So I think looking at all these mementos, how little cash he has after that giant fucking high of coming into money for the first time ever, I think he lets out a long breath, closes the wallet, puts it back in his pocket, looks to Mueller. Um, I might need a holster for some of this. He chuckles again. Yeah, I, I got something for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to point this out now that you've purchased everything. I like that Jared hasn't connected the dots that he's wearing pack rat boots. Is he? That's what oh. the note was attached to. Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, that's just fun for us out of character to know. Anyways. Man. Yeah, I don't know that he would have ever... Because he assumed that Brecca stole everything, but the next to the boots was the first note saying, I'm a big fan or whatever. That's true. Like, no, he would have never connected that. And I barely connected that. Like, I remember it was sus at the time, but again, he blew it off and was like, oh, it's just Brecca. But he's... To oh my god. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change anything because Jared has no fucking idea. But are these magic boots? No. <laughs> okay. You're I, just wearing the boots of the person who murdered your friend. Yeah. Okay. So he doesn't know that. But for a second, I was like, "Is there like a magic GPS tracker in these fucking boots?" And I was like, no, "Oh no, no. shit!" It's just he took him off some dead body, saw that you needed boots, and got you new boots. Oh, that's lovely. What a good guy. Yeah. What a guy. I'm gonna feel sorry when I'm kicking his butt. With his own boots. <laughs> so what do we come up with, B? Sorry to interrupt the flow, but real quick. BB was incredibly sick during this portion, and we never really got a clean take of what he bought. Just so you know, he shelled out scripts for cavity ammo, liberty, the gun, and a buckler. He tallies you up, does the same thing. Uh, you don't need the... Well, I, I think he comes with a strap, just because it, it would... It's not like he gears you up entirely, like or gives you as much shit as he would need to for for Jer. But you guys are geared up, and he smiles and is counting the bills. Uh, well, hope you all survive your war. And he kind of wraps them into a nice neat stack, tucks the money in his pocket, pulls out that legacy gun, and starts cleaning again, like nothing ever happened. The door to the, the secret room is now shut. If you guys survive, that's at least enough resource you have. It is. I think like um kind of like as I leave, just because I also thought about it, kind of like we'll like look at Jared and should we have grabbed something for Rowan? Jared is gonna look back to Al. She's a big girl and she's a girl of means. I don't think she needs our charity. Maybe you 
should get her a cool hat. <laughs> Stop, no. <laughs> uh, everyone dies uh, that I get a cool hat. <laughs> well, okay, so hold on. Um, Jared um, is gonna... So do they take a second to get geared up? Like, are they actually wearing their stuff? I don't know, are they? So Jared, who has armor to put on, um, is gonna look to Al. Why don't you go wait outside? I'm gonna get all this on. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, because Al, like, he doesn't have, like, a huge thing to put on, but, I mean, he'll kind of, like, he'll, like, look down at his stuff and look back at Jared. Kind of, like, that knowing look of, like, dude, I, I gotta change, too. <laughs> so y'all change. Like, unless there's something that you want to accomplish, you guys change just fine. Yeah, okay, so Jared um, suits up. He, uh, he has over his his rat boots... <laughs> he has uh, his his greaves are belted around the front of his boots, protecting his shins. Um, over the vest that Brecker got him, he is wearing the breastplate, which has been strapped down tight to his gut. Over that, he is wearing his duster. He's put on the trail gloves. The sleeves of his duster have been rolled and tucked into his van braces, which now protect up to his elbows. So, and the van braces are over his gloves. So, from tips of his fingers to his elbow, he's covered. At his side, he now has a holster for his new single-action revolver. Um, his ammo, he's sorted onto his belt. Um, he has his bandolier with his incendiary shells on it. But he is not wearing his shotgun on his back. Um, he has looped it through the inside of his duster. Um, there a lot of dusters, and this is just to say that he's not magically doing this. They have these hooks on the inside. Two of my jackets have them. Um, I don't know what they're for, but they're just slips to, like, hold things. And I imagine like hold he's your just... Guns. Basically. <laughs> like, I imagine he's just punched a hole through the bottom of that and just, like, put it down so the shotgun is just hanging inside his duster with his uh with his bandage dye and his shitty hat i think he's ready to go uh, <laughs> i think he's gonna look back and shout to Mueller, do you uh do you know any places this time of day that would be selling uh and he kind of points to his bandaged eye and kind ah. of like makes a motion <laughs> like so, like something to put over it. He like furls his brows a bit as he thinks about it. He's like, no, nothing comes to mind. Maybe Doc Oliver, but um, well, hang on a second. And he starts digging under his counter. If you guys had ever looked back there, it's like he has a bunch of boxes, like neatly organized mm -hmm. and different shapes and sizes, and like he seems to know exactly where to go to find the stuff that he needs. And out comes a, a, a medical box. It's tin. It has mm -hmm. a big cross on it. And he opens it up and tossing some bandages around, he does find an eye patch. It's not fashionable by any means. Good. <laughs> but he's like, I, I think you're probably better off with what you got on right now, but when it heals, you'll want this. 
and he like tosses it to you because that's what you do to a blind man. <laughs> so should I flip to catch it? Yes. <laughs> Bam! I got a king. What is yeah, a thirteen you... of tomes? <laughs> I, I want to give you the minus that. flip, but uh, I just I, fucking I wasted think that. I think it's a baller ass move, so you catch it just fine. Yeah, but we just wasted a fucking thirteen. <laughs> to did, catch an yes, eye patch, super cool. <laughs> Who knows? There so, might be a, a shuffle later. We just I'm glad shuffled. you got your fucking I'm glad you got your fucking eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing kings away. Glad you caught your goddamn. So, <laughs> so Jared is gonna smile back to Mueller. Thank you for this, and with that. The newly armored Jared is gonna make for the exit with his eye patch in hand. What's Al? Is Al following? Oh yeah, no yeah, I was gonna follow. Okay, the second they are away from the windows, Jared takes off his hat, reaches below his bandage, and like peels the yuck that's oh, like accumulated Ooh. between, and pulls it off, exposing like his his fucking shattered eye. He drops the bandage on the ground and puts the, the, the eye patch on. <laughs> and then, of course, his hat goes back on. <laughs> Mueller's not a fucking doctor. <laughs> I think Al, like, shaking his head, but with, like, a smirk, seeing, like, Jared do this, just will only reply with a fucking nice... Jared is gonna flash his teeth and a smile back towards Al but then he's gonna pause and he's gonna look back to Al so I was thinking in the spirit of not going unprepared that uh that bounty guy you know guy we turned uh you know, that, that guy into, uh, I was thinking maybe we go down there. Maybe there's, uh, something they know about the rat. Yeah, actually, it's a good idea. Addy always knows a bunch of information he shouldn't. To that, he offers a small chuckle, um, and then nods for Al to follow along. You guys go to Addie's. Mm-hmm. It's st- still pretty early in the morning, uh, but you're starting to see some of the goons carrying stuff in, carrying stuff out. Who knows what he's dealing with, but it's a little busy. Not too loud, though, yet. Uh, mm-hmm. The door has been fixed. And... <laughs> so Jared is going to leave, uh, or lead, rather. He, no, he just fucks <laughs> off. He just turns <laughs> around. No, this is a bad idea. Uh Jared is going to lead, and as they get up to the steps, he's going to turn back to Al. Maybe you should talk to Addie and uh, see what he knows. I think he knows you best. Uh, Al, like, you know, with a smirk, knowing <laughs> at Jared saying Addie, <laughs> knowing damn well this man hates being called Addie. He's like nodding, he's just like, yeah, yeah. It's got a soft spot for me. Jared nods. 
but stays where he is. Al, I need you to keep him talking. Uh, so raising a brow uh, at Jared, still smirking though. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good at that. Uh, give him a wink and uh, make his way to Addy. So you guys enter and it is just as big and empty as it ever is. Single desk. And Addy's there twirling away his mustache, working on books. Mm-hmm. And the entry surprises him just because he wasn't expecting anyone so early. Mm-hmm. But then he does smile, as he kind of tends to do. Ah, Albert Long! Back so soon, huh? I'm not sure if I have a job for you, and he starts shuffling papers. Oh, Atticus Beldazar. Beautiful man. You done something new with your mustache? He stops. What do you want? I can't just drop in on an old friend. I, you've never used my full name. What's going on? And at this point, he looks over to Jared, who looks like a one-man machine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And looks to you and your new duds. And he pushes away. He's like, whatever it is, I don't want to be a part of it. Addy, 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 I'm just messing with you. Come on. Speak up or get the hell out, man. <laughs> Look. <laughs> I need some info. And, they, uh... and you came to Atticus Balcazar for info. Alright. Well, yeah, you're that guy. Oh, no, I can always come to you. He's so suspicious, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should be. He's like twirling both ends of his mustache at this point. And both of you can recognize, because you both have hunted people before. He has mm-hmm. the traits of a fucking coward. He looks ready to bolt, should this get hinky whatsoever. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. He's, he's, he's like looking at the exit. He's looking at you guys. I don't know what Jared's He's looking planning. at his desk. <laughs> Maybe there's something there. So, okay, so this is going tits up. So Jared is going to look around. Is Ken still here? Looking around while these two banter. Sure, we'll call it that. <laughs> For the most part, this place is just empty. But you can tell towards the very back, deep in the back of the warehouse, there is a jail cell. That doesn't, mm-hmm. wouldn't hold more than one or two people at any given time. And uh, it looks like there is someone in there. A little far away at this point to know if it's Ken, but there is someone yeah. in there. Okay, so Jared is going to look to Al, who tried his best. Uh, look, he didn't know the game plan, man. <laughs> He's just that's okay. No, that's okay. <laughs> He's But rather than just march on... He's going to turn to Atticus and move up to stand in front of him. We do need your help with something. What kind of something? Jared peers around, hoping to be able to point out a bounty board. Um, But upon noticing that this place is fucking barren, (laughs) he's gonna cock a suspicious brow and then look back. Atticus and frown. Maybe this doesn't concern you the way I thought it would. There's a dangerous man on the prowl, and I had assumed (laughs) you might be able to help us, but I think the only one who can help me is back there in your cells. I'm gonna go talk to him. He throws his hands in the air like, by all means, scary man. (laughs) 
with your disgusting eye and your guys' fucked up throat. <laughs> Sounds good. And he like holds up his hands and just lets you go by. He leans over towards Al and like waves his hand over his own throat. What uh, what happened there? Al will, cause Atticus is he he's like shorter, right? Or... Yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he's a small man. <laughs> One might say he's BB's height. Ha <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> so with like seeing like this way of like him, you know, putting his arms up and stuff to like Jared and whatnot. Also, not quite sure what like i know like he, you know hearing him say that he needs to go talk to him but not quite sure what else jared has planned um he'll like lean down to atticus and like you know smile a little bit well when you tend to piss off the big man bad things happen and then i uh, give him like a light little tap on the shoulder smile and follow jared oh my god um give me a, a deceive something some kind of lie Oh, please. Is this a lie? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, fuck yeah. That's another king. So that's a, a what, hearts is rams, right? Yep. So 13 of rams. Uh, or wait, 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 wait. I don't know if I have. Do you have a skill? Yeah, hold on, hold on. What would this this be? Deceive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so 14. You got a king too. Yeah, no, I'm still going to give it to you. Because again, you have that point above him. I just want to let you know how close it was. <laughs> And like you see, like a few different fa- or like at least the camera would see a few different stages going through his expression: terror, doubt, back to terror, back to doubt. <laughs> it's like he can't quite decide where he's at, but it seems to be convincing enough that he slowly sits back in his desk and resumes doing his books, letting you guys have free reign of the back. Oh, thank God! <laughs> Something went right. <laughs> Yeah, so Jared is going to go all the way back to those fucking cells. And, uh, yeah, um, as he goes, Jared wants, not, not that we're going on any fucking side missions here, um, but Jared's, Jared's gonna look through this fucking warehouse a bit as he moves through. Like, can he deduce with his one eye what the fuck is going on here? Whatever the guys are carrying, they don't store in the warehouse. Okay. It is bear the cell itself again it holds two people makeshift Mm -hmm. like it is clearly a side business okay despite it being the title Mm -hmm. not having a good look at what the books say or what his piles of paper on his desk say there's not even a safe for money like it's weird Mm -hmm. okay so uh jared is going to go all the way up to the cells at this point approaching can he tell if this is ken or not yeah uh, upon approaching getting closer you see him and his nice jacket that he had been wearing had been turned around he's like using it as a blanket his legs are stuck out in front of him and he's been his arms are crossed and he's sleeping <laughs> so as he approaches he's going to stand in front of the cell and i think he's going to take a moment to center himself like if he just speaks now he's gonna say something <laughs> something terrible so instead of saying something terrible he pulls out his fucking revolver oh, okay. and with <laughs> and with the barrel um starts like clanging it across the bars god 
to wake the fucker up. Jared is fucking terrifying. <laughs> he wakes up uh, and like sits up with a start, and the jacket kind of falls, and you see his his nice sh- shirt now kind of stained with sweat. It, it's a little warm in, in this non-air-conditioned mm-hmm. fucking building. Uh, his hair's a little bit of a mess, too. Uh, he doesn't mm-hmm. look as groomed as he previously has the nice shadow going, and he blinks a few times, and what the fuck do you want? He's gonna smile, and then he's going to look back to Al, and he's going to smile, and then he's gonna look back to Ken, and he's gonna smile. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they're turning you into the guild. I think they're gonna turn you into fucking sugar cubes. (laughs) Oh, God. He rubs his face, like, trying to clear the sleep from his eyes, and looks at you and looks at Al with his terrifying fucking eyes, which, the fact that fucking Atticus noticed the throat more than eyes, whatever, and kind of, like, pushes himself up against the wall a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know what any of that's about. I, and, like, he shakes his head. I, <laughs> you, I've been here for the last 24 hours. What? I didn't have anything to do with that. And he's gonna nod his head a few times. Yeah, that was... That was my mistake. Um, At that, he's gonna look to Al. How many folks have you turned over to this place? Uh... I lost count. (laughs) Yeah, if they ain't getting ground into powder, they're being sold to some kind of necromancer necrophile or something and he's gonna (laughs) he's gonna look back to Ken and he's gonna kind of squat down a bit as he tries to meet like not like because Ken's like on the ground right or was he on a bench he's on a bench yeah okay so he's gonna um so instead of squatting because that would be weird just (laughs) do that Uh, I think he's going to put a hand against the bars, and I think he's going to lean in. Stand up, Ken. No. (laughs) And he just, like, looks at you like, what the fuck, man? And he, like, tries to push himself down the bench to get away from you. Haven't haven't you done enough? Get out of here. Go. Not enough yet. And as he says that, he's going to reach back with his free hand. And he's going to pull out his wallet. And I think at that point, he presses off the bars, opens up the billfold, and looks to Ken. This is serious. And he kind of looks back at you. And looks at the wallet. (laughs) Are you returning my money? So Jared (laughs) is going to look down towards his newly polished plates of armor... And then look back to Ken and kind of lift his brows. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, snorts just like, fuck, okay. Pushes his jacket around so it's right, and, you know, snaps it tight. And stands up, cautiously approaching you two. And he looks to Al and back to Jared. As he stands and as he approaches, um... Jared retrieves the simple wedding band from the wallet and holds it out between his fingers and holds it through the bars for Ken. He snaps it away from you. Like, 
as if you were handing him some kind of drug. <laughs> Something that he did not want to be seen. Mm -hmm. uh, at that point, he will slowly tuck the wallet back into his pocket. And now with both hands, he is holding the bars as he leans in. She's dead, Ken. And he freezes, like statue. Doesn't breathe. And just looks at you, like waiting for some kind of punchline. So at that, he is going to briefly look to Al, but then look back to Ken, unable to escape this conversation. <laughs> she got picked up. And I tried, but she was dead when we got there. It ain't a trick, it's, it's reality. She, uh, her and, uh, the doc, they're, uh, they're really dead. And, uh, and he's gonna lean back some at that. You see his jaw clench and rock back and forth. That cool, terrifying anger crosses his eyes as he struggles to speak for a time. But he steps towards the bars, kind of standing between you two. I don't know who the fuck Doc is. But you were supposed to protect her. We trusted you. She swore you would always protect her. Is it his fault? And he looks at Al. So Al is going to step kind of like close to the bars and give him like a glare. Shut your fucking mouth. So at that, Jared is going to snap a glare at Al, and then look back to Ken. I don't know when she got picked up. I haven't really seen her much since that fucking train robbery gone wrong. I, uh... There was a train robbery? <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh... It, it didn't exactly work out so well from the start. And at that, he's gonna look over to Al... <laughs> We still got Putnam on the inside, don't we? <laughs> Fuck that kid. At <laughs> that, Jared is gonna kind of return to a serious demeanor and look back to Ken. I don't know when she got picked up, but the note probably came sometime when I was beating on you. She was dead before we got there. I don't, I didn't look, I don't know when it happened. I don't think there was any way I was going to be fast enough. At this point, his voice starts to raise a little bit. So why are you here? What, what could I possibly do? I'm here in a cage. My wife is dead. You just come to me, wake me up the way you did. What kind of cruel man are you, Jared Kanan? So Jared is going to start walking towards the door to the cell. The worst kind, Ken. 
But right now, I'm gonna let you out of this cell. And we're gonna walk out of here. And we're gonna figure out what our next move is. He watches, like, again, kind of confused by this whole situation. He kind of follows, like, hoping the door does open. But he has his eyes locked on you. There is violence there waiting to boil over. Mm-hmm. So, um, tell me about the lock. What is it like? Is it built into the door? Is it a padlock? What do we got? Padlock. Okay, cool. Okay, well then, um, once more finding it the most useful tool in his arsenal since the Nux were invented, Jared is going to reach for his gun. He's going to spin it around on a finger, and with the grip, he is going to hammer down against the padlock, not really caring about the fucking noise it makes at this point. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'll give it to you. No flip needed. Cool, okay, so as the padlock breaks, he will pull it out of its loop, and he will slowly pull the door open for Ken. And he stands there for a moment. Not quite sure what he wants to do. And you see him messing with his ring before he puts it in his pocket and marches out and gives you a sharp shove. Just to, even though you weren't in his way, to get mm-hmm. out of his way. Mm-hmm. And I think what you see in him is that same frustration that you feel, that urge to go fucking take care of something. To go, as one might say, on a rampage. And he looks at the man addicted to brilliance. And he looks at Jared. I'm not fucking going with you. And he makes to leave. So Jared shouts up after him. That's well and good, but I got the address. Like, he throws his hands in the air like, fucking tell me it then. So Jared... Shakes his hand as he pursues after Ken. No. Because we got a crack shot. We got a dabbler. We got gear. We're going. If you're going too, then we might as well go together. He looks at you. He's like, I need to gear up. Give me the address. I'll meet you there. He is in no position to go raging into a house right now. Like he. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so Jared is going to pause, stare at Ken. He's going to reach into his coat pocket, of which he has so many. (laughs) He is going to retrieve the, the two notes that he collected from his room. He's going to sort through them. He's going to open each, see which one has the address. And he's going to half offer it out to Ken, like extending it to show it, but not like fully handing it out like he still has a tight grip on it. We brought all we had to that place, and we barely escaped. Do not go in there without us. He looks at that address, seems to make a mental note, and then looks back up to you and nods. You're gonna want to tell the other dicks about this. And he turns on his heel and makes to leave. Hey, Jer, if this happens to be the last shot we get, I just want to say it's been, it's been fun. 
and he'll kind of like offer like one of those uh bro shakes. Jared would look to Al. And I think after a brief pause, he would motion to take Al's hand in one of those. I imagine they're doing like old eighties action hero, like <laughs> folded arms yeah. like bumping together. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so as they do that, Jared looks over Al's shoulder. No, I don't think it has been. Hey everybody, Alex here, and this is it. This is the last mid-roll. Let me give a final big hey there to our Patreon donors. We have Brandy and Jay at our train ticket tier. We have Tyler at our Al's Dime Novels tier. And let's not forget our Thorn regulars, Kyle, Nate, and Philip. Thank you for your donations. Over this season, you have listened to us over 11,000 times. You have endured the growing pains of our Discord server, you have donated money, and have helped pay the lads back for their microphones. You have stuck with us through the good, the bad, and the absurd. And you know what? I think that means you deserve a reward. Starting tomorrow, October 10th, 2019, we are hosting our very first giveaway. Yay! There are two ways for you to participate for two different prizes. Giveaway number one. Follow us on Twitter at NSR Podcasts. Retweet our giveaway post and tell us what your favorite part of season one was. Want to up your luck? You can tell us up to three favorite moments, and each time will count as a new entry. The winner of this giveaway will receive one Dark Arcane Fate deck, one Light Arcane Fate deck, and a 26-ounce aluminum bottle with the Soul Story logo on it. Giveaway number two! Give Soul Story a positive rate and review on iTunes. That's it. Just make sure that your name is a way for us to contact you. If you, have, if you have left us one in the past, go ahead and write us a fresh review to qualify for the giveaway. The winner of giveaway number two will receive an original Malfo figurine, Leviticus, Avatar of Entropy. It is still boxed and wrapped and waiting for a new home. The winner will also receive a 26-ounce aluminum bottle with the Soul Story logo on it. We will track all the names on separate spreadsheets for each giveaway, and we will use a random number generator to select our winner. You can participate in both giveaways, however, if your name is drawn for one, you will be disqualified from the other. Winners will be selected November 10th, 2019. Did I talk too fast? The link to the giveaway is in the show notes as well as on our Discord. While you're filling things out, we also have a survey for you. Last year, about this time of year, we sent out a survey asking your opinions on the show. While season one may end, we want to make sure that your thoughts and feelings can be reflected in season two. It'll go live October 10th, and will run until November 10th. Be sure to fill this out so we can keep making a show that you love to listen to. Now, once more with feeling, let's get back to the show. Hello everyone, this is Tyler here at Formidable, a true crime podcast. I want to invite you to come join me as I drop multiple episodes weekly to give you your true crime fix. Now I am personally a huge fan of true crime and this is what has pushed me to do this. 
All of my stories are well-researched, but I do keep them shorter than your average true crime podcast to fit into your daily commute so you don't have to pick back up later. I encourage you to check it out anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Just search Formidable, a true crime podcast. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave a review if you enjoy. You can also find me on Twitter at FormidableTC and on Instagram at Formidable. are just taking a quick sidestep as Jared now kind of has a mission to to collect some friendos that have not been previously introduced. I was hoping BB would be here for this last little bit, but since I'm the DM and this world is my own, <laughs> I'm gonna say that you guys finish your bro hug and do you instruct I was about to call Al, Jared, and Jared, Al. Does Jared instruct Al to go find Rowan? Like, how how do you envision this breakup happening? I think it's less of, like, a command. Um, more of... Jared has a pretty decent idea of where to find these folk. Uh, and... While Jared isn't so keen on the idea of splitting up right now... Uh, this is something that he wants to handle his own. I think he's not afraid to say that. I think he wants Al to go back, check on Rowan, make sure that everything there is ready to go, and then he'll bring the troops, and they can all meet back at the Three Sisters. Okay. Sounds good. I... Last we were hanging out with Al, he was a little quiet. Because... <laughs> Baby was sick as shit. But, um, I, he's gonna give you a nod. I'm sure he says something clever. And <laughs> pieces out to go help Rowan. Where, where do you want to start? Where do you think? I can give you where I know they are. But do you know? Does Jared know? How much attention has he paid? Do you want to flip for it? <laughs> Let's, you know what? Because you suggested it, yeah, let's flip for it. Okay. Uh, because what I imagine is that... I'm, actually, I'm going to interrupt and pause you real quick. Yeah? Who the fuck are we looking for? Oh, who are we looking for? Um, yeah. Well, as Ken said, Jer's going to rally the douchebags. He's, he's going to go and assemble... The cult of personalities that makes up Brecca's friend group, of which he was kind of an outlying member. What was your experience with this cult of personalities? As as a result of always breaking Brecca out of trouble, that also involved busting her friends out of trouble, or unfortunately running into her friends, and. I think Jared doesn't know them personally. I think he might not even have names for all of them. But I think he remembers faces. I think he remembers places. I think he remembers all that he thinks that he needs to in order to, you know, know where Brekka is going to be, but not enough where he's a part of that life. Because that's beneath him. It's not beneath him, it's just too much effort. 
being her friend takes a lot of work. It's yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's let's do a little flippity flop. Mm-hmm. Oof. <laughs> Oof, good. Jared was never paying attention. He got <laughs> he got a two of Rams. Fucking A. The information I can give you in the audience. Most of Jared's attention has always been for Brecca in the sense of she has people attached to her, but it's fucking Brecca out of trouble. And I imagine she probably had some real good puppy eyes that helped bail her friends out. You know there's Ken, obviously. The the now widower. Mm-hmm. You know while you, Jared, were her bestest Estes friend for forever. She also has another really, really good friend who she also refers to as best Estes. In fact, this friend refers himself as her wife. Not that she's his wife, that he's her wife. Mm-hmm. Though, God forbid, you can't remember his name. Um, they usually meet up for drinks at Thorn, though. You're not sure what day, but they usually meet up for drinks. And then you know that there were people who she considered her older brothers. Uh, and really the only name that comes to mind is the twins. They probably have real names. Wasn't important. Do you know what? You might have to think a little harder later as to where to find them. Well, all right then. So, given that recollection, I think the only solid lead he has is to go back to the thorn, see what he can't dig up. If he can't immediately meet her friend there, he can find someone who has probably seen them around or maybe knows a name. <laughs> your, your, your march towards the thorn is peaceful. It is weird. You are similarly dressed to a guild guard, but you're not wearing any of their colors. You don't have their badge. So you stand out a little bit suspiciously. Mm-hmm. But honestly, you look like a fucking force. People are not interested in messing with it. <laughs> so you are able to get to the thorn without consequence. Lucky you. The cards are in your favor. When you step in, there's the lunch crowd. It's still quieter than it is in the evenings, but a little busier than it would be in the morning. There's a shop owner or two there. And wouldn't you know it? Why don't you just know it? You recognize a face at the bar. He is positively ghoulish. He's one of those people that it's hard to forget their face. And also you think, God, there's a bathhouse here. Just fucking use it. <laughs> His black hair is slicked back into a ponytail. His pale skin is really sunken in, high cheekbones bags under his eyes. Looks like he hasn't slept in 500 years. And he's sitting at the bar, minding his own business, and he looks glum. And that's something that you also remember, is that this man, boy, whoever he is, always seemed to have a cloud over his head. Oh boy. Jared. Uh, I think he's a bit wary to come back here after completely destroying one of the rooms and then taking off without much notice. <laughs> um, he left a bunch of his shit up there. Um, I think he's not so excited to meet with any of the staff, but I think 
I think he is on a mission. So I think he puts that aside. Uh, and without hesitation makes his way directly to the bar and occupies the closest seat to this walking embodiment of Hot Topic. <laughs> this fucking... Molgoth. This poor fucking Molgoth. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you move... Uh, he actually probably jumps up from his seat and mm-hmm. pushes himself a back. coward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she has a type. And he like looks at you and shakes his head. Uh, whatever happened, wasn't me. And he like his hands go up in the air as he continues to like, backpedal. So at that immediate response, um, Jared would lean his head back a bit uh, before shaking it in a negative way. I know. And I think he's going to look about to once again sort of try to gauge what the scene is like here before looking back to him. Uh, as mentioned, there's a few people that are eating food. There's only ever really one wait staff behind the counter, Johnny. Yep. Uh, he's there. Yep, yep, yep. Again, moderately busy. People don't seem to be taking an eye to you, but also that's the thorn. People kind of mind their own business here. Man, why did he ever leave this fucking place? <laughs> I fucking know. Probably because it cost money and the other place fucking did it. Because you fucking got bad friends who ruined everything? That That's... He, I don't know, bad people attract bad friends. Um, <laughs> Bastard magnet. So, Jared is going to look back to this man, struggling to remember a name. What you, uh... What you doing here? Do you want to flip to see if you remember his name at this point? Now seeing his face... Everything kind of yeah, together. Yeah, he's, he's gonna try again. Nope. <laughs> it's a five of tomes. It's just not click You. What I'll give you? Just like your Jerry to Brecca, this is Ready. Mm-hmm. But I imagine there is no fucking way Jared would ever call him Ready. <laughs> Somehow that doesn't seem very... <laughs> uh, <laughs> although the visual is fucking great. <laughs> it's, it's like a curse... <laughs> oh god yep his brows knit together and he looks at you a little confused he seems to calm down a little bit and then gives you maybe just a little too friendly of an up and down Mm-hmm. well I'm sitting here waiting for lunch I like everyone else and he kind of looks around <laughs> is there someplace else I should be Jared is gonna give a slight nod to that. Yeah, but we'll uh, we'll get to that. He doesn't seem to recognize you either. Good, good shit. <laughs> uh, Jared is going to lean forward a bit, um, reach into his back pocket to retrieve his wallet. Are you uh, are you are you all paid up? He stands a little taller, and kind of. Starts to step back towards his spot, which there is a, a mug there of drinking something. God forbid what. No meal yet. No, I'm, I haven't yet. No. What kindness do I owe? Or what do I owe this kindness? Jared 
is going to shake his head at that. You don't owe me nothing. Just come sit a while. Well then, don't pay for my meal. And like, gets pretty serious about it. But he does sit down. <laughs> and he holds his mug in both hands and just continues to look at you. And you can, his eyes kind of open and then squint and open and then squint. Do I know you? To that, Jared will reply, putting his wallet back away. No more than I know you, I imagine. He takes a drink from, again, whatever it is he's drinking. Mm -hmm. You're being weird. But if this is what you intended, I don't think I'm your guy. And he kind of starts to turn his shoulder to you. So as he starts to turn, Jared just says the name. Brecca. And he stops. And looks back to you. What about her? If she owes you money, do not come looking towards me. So Jared, with his half gaze, is gonna just sort of stare back at the man as he speaks. And then for a beat or so, he is quiet for finally just saying it. She's dead. <laughs> nah. Nope. Mm-mm. He just shakes his head and continues to drink. Yeah, you can get out of here. Like, he kind of keeps making that sound. <laughs> no. 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 When he looks into his mug. You can't Chaos doesn't die. She's not dead. Jared's gonna furrow his brows, and I think for a second, he feels that initial beat of anger. But before he can act on it, I think he takes a deep huff. She got shot through the head, kid. She's... She's dead. And I... I and he tries to continue... I found Ken, and and we got folks, and we're gonna we're gonna go do something about it. He tries to reach across to like grab your shoulder. Mm -hmm. She can't be dead. We're gonna meet up tomorrow for drinks. She'll be here, like always. No, no. She she can't she can't die. Jared is going to look back to the man. He's going to hold up a hand, empty, to show that he's, he's going to take this cautiously. But he reaches into his duster, and in the inner breast pocket, he retrieves his old leather journal. Uh, planting it on the table, he opens it up and reaches into the sleeve, and he produces a kind of... I imagine it's dry at this point, but I imagine it's still clumped together. The small lock of red hair. And just kind of displays it. That's enough for him to kind of sink into his seat. His arm drops. At this point, you notice that under tucked sleeves, there's tattoos coming on his forearm black ink. Although, again, they're mostly covered, so who knows what they really are. And 
these, these chairs don't have backs, right? They're just stools. So his whole form just kind of slumps forward. And his legs, his long, scarecrowish legs, sprawl, taking up space as he just seems to melt under this realization that this might be possible. I think Cher gives him a moment to acclimate. He tucks the hair back where it belongs, closes it up, returns the journal to his breast pocket, and I think planting his hands against his hips, he just sort of leans back a bit and stares straight ahead over the counter as he waits for this to sink in. You're going to be there a while. He doesn't move. He doesn't reach for his drink. He's just looking down. And it's just sinking in deeper and deeper, which only makes him more and more catatonic with each passing minute. This is a sad sap, generally. You know, grief. Grief is different than general morose. He would sit there all day, just staring at the floorboards. Well, then I think after a few minutes, Jared would finally push his stool back with, I think, a bit of a screech against the wooden floor, rise up to stand, and pat the gentleman against his back. I already talked to Ken. We're gonna go meet up there soon enough. So, if you wanna help, we'd appreciate it, but uh, I just wanted you to know. He probably waits till like right when you're turning and you get this feeling in the back of your neck or back of your head of, you probably did it on purpose. <laughs> Where? So, Jared, at this point, having seen the address enough, not that his player knows it, but I think Jared turns back to the man and repeats the address aloud. He nods his head a few times and sits up a little taller. I bet this is just some awful prank and we'll go take care of this and she'll show up like she always does and she'll try to laugh about it even though it's her being a giant asshole but she'll show up she's she's gotta show up but he seems to have enough resolve at this point to sit and move and be willing to partake in the <laughs> I've called it shenanigans you know just revenging your dead friend shenanigans I think Jared is quiet for another long moment staring back at the man and then I think he nods I hope you're right and then with that I think he makes to leave I think he's gonna pause okay I think he's gonna look back to Ren and call back hey can I ask you something Huh? Yeah, sure. She, uh, 
she had other friends. These two, uh... There were two of them, he says, holding <laughs> up two fingers. She had a lot of friends, bud. Jared is gonna nod. Identical ones. Mm. The twins? He says, super helpfully. Sure. What about him? Well... I imagine this is going to end with us burning the place down, and if that's the case, I think I'd like to find them. Oh, uh... He scratches his head. Well, we never really worked together, you know? She and I did house break-ins, her intended info gathering, I think. Who knows with those two? Well, the twins, um, the twins she did the bagging grabs with. They own a carriage business. Maybe they're at the depot. At that, I think Jared is gonna stop with the questions, offer any a firm nod, and then move to leave the man back in his peace. He seems to have quite deluded himself that everything's okay, so... He's back to his normal sad gloominess, not so much the total devastation that you were witnessing a moment before. Mm -hmm. He practically looks cheery in comparison. What next? So Jared has to find this fucking depot. Uh, it's somewhere has in town. He ever, <laughs> I mean... Has, has he ever met Brecca at a depot or had to bail her out anywhere? Or like, was... Did, did she ever, like, mindlessly walk him towards a depot that he might remember? <laughs> I mean, uh, while downtown Malifaux is pretty big, it's not that big. Even if it was one of those things that maybe you went and questioned people at the, at the depot before. I don't know. I, I think there'd be a reason for him to know where it is. Not maybe, like, exactly. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I think it's on this street. And maybe you wander around a little aimlessly. You could probably well, maybe flip there's for only it. so many depots. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if he gets it on the first try. Fucking nope. God damn it, Spencer. It's a, it's a good thing I'm wasting all these fucking <laughs> shit tier cards. Um, yeah, it's a four toes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, you can't remember which depot it is. There's two in town. Can't remember the names of either of them for the life of you. In fact. But they're, they're depots with big old doors. <laughs> And they're like on opposite ends of town. You mm -hmm. go to one side. That one's closed. It's been closed for about a month now. People are starting to get real excited about these things called automobiles. They're, they're, you know there's a few of them in town. But there's only really one carriage business now that takes the business. And that's on the other end of town. So you get to the other end of town about a half hour later. And they are busy. They own about three carriages. They all seem to be out right now. There is, I, I imagine it's like side by side where you have the, the business portion of the building. That's much smaller than this row. That's almost like, uh, it's, it's gonna be more of a stable situation because, hey, horses. And there, you, you see a few horses towards the back. Uh, again, all the carriages are gone because it's daytime and they're working. 
There, mm. There's some people taking care of horses, but um, right now they're too far away to really tell who's who. Okay. Well, uh, Jared, not caring that this is a private business, is just gonna march on in to to the small to the business building, or I think he's gonna go into the depot, like where where he sees people like working with the horses and stuff, like where there are employees who might be able to answer questions. Okay, higher low. Um, I'm gonna go for high. Still holding out. <laughs> the the first person you see is a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly old enough to have a job, but he's a fucking kid. And he is brushing a horse at the moment on his fucking stool to do so. And there's other people milling about, but that would be like the first person you'd see if you want to ask questions. Okay. Well then, uh, Jared, with the oil of Olivier is gonna step up in his armor, his unshaven face, his eye patch, <laughs> his grody ass hair, his beat up hat, and all of this fucking ammo over his armor, and uh, just kind of peer down at the poor fucking thing. Hey kid, I'm looking for your boss. You look down at this kid. And he shrieks. You are a sight to behold. Nearly falls off his stool. Mm-hmm. The horse is spooked. It makes some spooked horse noises. Trots a little bit. My, my boss? Uh, 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 duh. I like a, a shaky hand. Motions deeper into the depot. Um, Jared is going to nod to the kid. Thanks. <laughs> and he's going to, I think, stare at the kid, I think, in his own mind to make sure the kid's okay. <laughs> but to just kind of stare at this kid as he just kind of walks towards the direction that he's been pointed in. He's such a scary guy. Honest, I think there's a general aspect we could give him that's straight up like, man, you ugly and you scare people. I'm pretty sure there is. <laughs> At this point, you're taking just a little bit more notice of your surroundings with your one good eye. Mm-hmm. And you see a pair of redheads cleaning out a stall. Finally. They don't seem to notice you yet, but uh, they, they're chattering amongst themselves, passing time. So he's far enough away that he's like, he, he can recognize that the redheads, but he doesn't like see them really yet. Like... It's because they're like no faces. They're working in that stall, right? So it's yeah, kind of okay. hard to like see direct faces at this moment. Okay. Well, then Jared is going to cup his his gloved hands over his mouth and shout out, "Do you two look alike?" <laughs> they stop moving and then pop their heads up, kind of what meerkat style, <laughs> and look over. <laughs> And they do indeed look alike. Look alike. Well, thank God for that. Who's asking? Except, you know, they have really thick Irish accents, so. Obviously. Obviously. We can't do those. No, fuck that. Uh, Accents in my podcast? So, Jared is going to step forward, closing some of the distance so he doesn't have to 
I, I doubt he had to shout, but he did it anyway. <laughs> Jared Kanan, he says as he uh, closes the gap. I'm here on Brecca's account. One of them kind of leans on the, the pitchfork they were working on. The other one leans against the stall, one arm draped over. What you get into now? So Jared is going to frown a bit more than his usual scowl. She didn't get into nothing. She got taken. They look at you for a moment, and then they look at each other. And not needing anything else, they start to gather their things, leaving behind the tools. And they previously had been just, you know, button up, suspenders, rolled sleeves, work clothes. But they did have jackets nearby, hanging up on a hook. And they mm-hmm. grab their jackets in turn and snap them on. All right, who are we killing then? So at that immediate glorious response, I think Jared manages to smirk a bit. Some Jack the Ripper motherfucker on the, uh, and he kind of nods his head in the direction that he thinks the neighborhood's in. But for clarification, he would offer up the address. If only the DM had that written down somewhere. And they nod their head, unison of course, because twins are creepy. Mm-hmm. Is she still alive? To that, Jared is simply gonna shake his head. So while they've been speaking, I haven't been saying who's been saying what. You don't even know their fucking names. They're the twins. They're the twins. <laughs> while they, they, they take turns speaking, so it's like one will start, then the other will say a sentence, and the other one will, will continue the thought. I'd say like the, the is she alive was on the left. And then on the right, you you just hear, well, we better make a count then. And they pass by you, like clasping your, your either, either arm and just leave, not waiting for you. They, they look like men on where, where Ken had that cold fury behind him. Mm-hmm. These are some very calculated men who aren't squeamish and know what needs to be done. I think... All the same, as they move, not to stop them, but Jared would call out, Ken and Ren are already on their way, so, uh, don't go busting in without them. They hear Ken and groan. Yeah, I would too. (laughs) And then they look back over their shoulder and look at you. Who's Ren? Jared is gonna shrug his fucking shoulders. Uh, they shake their head and kind of mutter to themselves. Always had a tendency to collect odd ones. Then they kind of continued on, already speaking and memoriam about her, not letting you join in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But there, it's the conversation just like, oh man, do you remember that one time? <sighs> but what about this other person? And like they're just kind of sharing stories amongst themselves as they walk out. Mm-hmm. I think at the very least, Jared would walk back to the warehouse. I think he would go back to pass towards the kid, offering him a gravelly thanks (laughs) before taking off. Gosh, because he's going to walk back, and I think 
I think it's going to be rough because I think he's now having retraced all these steps. I think he's walking through a familiar neighborhood in order to get to the three sisters. Mm -hmm. And I think there are very few streets in Malifaux that don't have some sort of Brecca memory attached to them. I even give you, you probably... Hey, Spencer, you know how much I love Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And you know how there's Mickey Mouse ears hidden all over. Mm-hmm. I think Brecca made it her sole mission to carve as many bees around town as possible. Goodness. And so I think that's probably the easiest way. If not just memories attached of ball of fire next to you. Insisting that this is this is going to be the last job. This one right here is going to be the last job. But then you see a street post and there's a little bee on it. Uh, there's a bee in chalk on a window somewhere. They're, they're scattered. It's not like you see one and immediately find another one. There's no real rhyme or reason. You also think that you know there's some that are in rafters of buildings that will never be seen. Because... Who the fuck would do that? Brecca. <laughs> Brecca would do that. Just to prove a point. Oof. Gosh, I think Jared, as he walks, I don't think he wants to go back to the Three Sisters. I think he wants to keep walking and remembering as long as he can. But he's already set this in motion. People are already on their way to get to this big battle. As much as he'd like to postpone it, the path only goes one way. Alex, I think, even though it's risky, I think Jared, with his hat, his long coat, his armor, his eye patch, his, like, his, like, crazy stubble, like, he looks... Homeless ...really far scared. departed from where he used to. What were you gonna say? No, keep on. I think in his new duds, I think he's suspicious, but I don't think he looks like the Jared that folks remember. I think he wants to go visit Felix's old house. Is that something we can do? Yeah. Um, okay. I was going to be mean to you first. Go for it. What is Jared's favorite memory of Brecca? Like on this, on this walkabout, like what would have been the memory that he would have thought of? I honestly think that he passes by the alley that he tried to jump to get to her, where he fucking smashed his goddamn fucking nose and just nearly plummeted to his goddamn death trying to chase after this girl I think he passes right by that alley and pauses so yeah I think Jared almost makes it back to the three sisters but I think memories of the fallen compel him to do this one final thing uh, I think he makes his way back towards guild turf uh, but with the express mission of getting to Felix's old apartment so getting there I imagine is simple enough uh, I imagine it's still locked up it's been a day 
It's not like he's abandoned the place. So I think Jared, first of all, is going to try the knob. Just to see. Just hoping. The door opens. Um, <laughs> Look at that. Radical. <laughs> uh, so, um, slipping in to Felix's old apartment, um, Jared is going to close the door behind him, first of all. He will lock it to ensure that no one interrupts. And Jared is just going to briefly look around the open space. I think what he's going to do here is I think Jared is going to not toss the apartment, but I think he wants to go through, not looking for anything directly valuable, but he did not know Felix. And there is no doubt that once it comes out that Felix is gone and perhaps what Felix was, this place is going to get tossed by the guild. Assets are going to be liquidated, old heirlooms and things of emotional significance are just going to get tossed or sold or melted down. Now equipped with his knapsack, I think Jared is going to look around, look through desks, look through bedside tables, and I think he's just looking for anything left of Felix that he can still safeguard. Give me a flip. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, boy, we finally got one. <laughs> we got a ten of masks. Ten of masks. Okay. I know Jared has a complex past with magic. How much does he understand of the operations of magic? Like, would he know that they need grimoires? I think he does, because I think he's seen enough of them using them. I think he has a very basic understanding. The idea that those cards are supposed to be a grimoire, Al has tried to explain it. I think Jer understands that spells need to be written down somewhere. You find what... You, you find Felix's grimoire. It is a book of blueprints. They're scrawling all over the blueprints. Presumably measurements and whatnot. You are able to find his research and studies on ghost bleaches. <laughs> you find a picture of a young woman. It's older, so not an accurate photo, but placed in, 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 in the apartment where you would place a picture of a loved one. And high or low? Low. It's on the desk, and it seemed to be like the last thing he was really reading. Mm-hmm. Is a handwritten journal, and there's a piece of paper that's, that's sticking out of it. And the, the journal itself is dictating, or dictating, it's dictated by someone who claims it to be a part of something called the Cult of December. There's a lot of cold motifs. And then you see an academic paper. That's a loose leaf. It's like two or three of them folded together. And it's incomplete. But it was written by a man named Leviticus. And it's discussing body transference. About how one could move their soul to another body. The how or the why or the what, all the questions, completely unanswered. What you have is just the introduction. To the paper. It's very academic, it's very dense. 
but that's what it contains. I think as Jared skims over it, I think he becomes more invested until he's sitting at Felix's desk where he used to sit, reading through the notes, brief as they are. And I think for a brief moment, there are flashes of how useful this could be. For the longest time, he thought about ways to separate Brecca and Evelyn and have them both. He thought, you know, to, to seek out help from the dabblers he, he did not trust. He thought about stealing soul stones for his own purposes. And I think maybe at one point, something like this would be the answer to a prayer, or at least like the start of a new journey. But I think with all that's happened, I think his memories instead turned to Felix. And everything Felix lost, traveling with them. And I think being very careful with how he handles the notes. I think he's going to fold them. I think he might even tuck them into the cover of the grimoire. And uh, removing his pack, he's going to stow everything that he found before heading to the door once more, unlocking it, slipping out, making his way back to the three sisters with what little pieces of Felix he can carry. Is there anything else you want to get accomplished? I don't think so. I think that's that's more than I could have hoped for. Okay. Well, then we'll go ahead and call it there. Okay. <sighs> Say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.